What's up guys, welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 20th, day 20 of the John Summer Challenge. And we're in John chapter 11, verse 45, all the way to John chapter 12, verse 11. Following what we learned about yesterday, the death and resurrection of Lazarus was amazing, right? Yesterday we read about this incredible miracle, raising Lazarus from the dead. And this was a climax in the Gospel of John, like we talked about. And it taught us how we should think about death, and it also taught us about the resurrection, Jesus Christ. Now we saw Jesus make this fifth out of seven I am statements that talk about Jesus's very nature, who Jesus is. Jesus proclaims himself, and he does it in seven I am statements, right? The first is, I am the bread of life in chapter six. I am the light of the world in chapter 8. I am the door in chapter 10. And also in chapter 10, we saw he said, I am the good shepherd. And then he says in last chapter, I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection and the life. And making these statements, Jesus is proclaiming his own nature. And the claim throughout all of them is that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And that's why we even see in John 20, John's purpose in writing is to show that Jesus is God, right? And so I told you that John 11 was a climax in the Gospel of John. And after the resurrection of Lazarus and Jesus's fifth I am statement, many are forced. In fact, everybody is forced to respond to Jesus, to respond. You got to either accept him or reject him. And so you have to love him or hate him. And so to hate him is either to flat out reject him or even to do nothing at all. And to love him is to believe in him, to put all of your trust in Jesus Christ. And so in our passage today, we see both of those responses. And today we'll split up our passage in two parts, uh, jumping around a bit, okay? First one, first part, number one, lovers of Jesus. Lovers of Jesus. What does it mean to be a lover of Jesus? Well, a miracle like raising Lazarus from the dead is so incredible, so undeniable, that it surely left many to finally and genuinely believe in Christ. This miracle was undeniable since we learned yesterday that Lazarus was dead for four days. Dead, dead, dead. His body was already decomposing. There is no denying the fact that Lazarus was dead. So when people saw him alive, when they heard about what Jesus had done, look at verse 45 of chapter 11. It says, Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. They believed in him. Now, we've seen this uh, before in the Gospel of John, right? That people came to believe in Jesus after he performed a miracle. And we even saw that most of the time when this happened, much of their faith and much of these people, they were, they were make-believers. Their faith were, was not genuine. But from the context, we can say that these people, their faith was genuine. The miracle they witnessed was undeniable. And the religious leaders viewed these people as genuine believers who were threatening their power and authority. And Jesus's purpose in the resurrection of Lazarus, we read about it, was to what? To glorify himself and the Father. 
And the Lord is greatly glorified when rejectors of Christ are made into worshipers of Christ. These are true, genuine believers, lovers of Jesus, who have seen and heard what Jesus has done and decided to put their faith in him. Lovers of God put all of their trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay? So we see more characteristics of true believers later on. Six days before the Passover, now we're in chapter 12, Jesus returns to Bethany, the place where he raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus' public ministry is now over because, as we'll talk about later on, uh, the people who are haters of God, they seek to kill him. And so he lays low. He goes into incognito mode. And so he is, his public ministry is over. And we see two incredible examples, lovers of Jesus named Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. So first, let's look at Martha and her loving service. Her loving service. Look at ver uh, verse 2 of chapter 12. It says, So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. Martha was serving. Though she served others as well, her service was primarily directed towards Jesus. She loved Jesus, and she wanted nothing more but to show her gratitude, to show Christ's honor by serving him. This act of service by Martha reveals to us a mark of a genuine believer. What did we learn about when we studied the, the Gospel of Mark, if you were with us during last summer? Mark 10 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus also says in Matthew 23 verse 11, But the greatest among you shall be your servant and the lord promised in john 12 verse 26 if anyone serves me he must follow me and where i am there my servant will be also if anyone serves me the father will honor him we serve him because he first served us and because we're motivated with a a great desire to see god glorified to see him pleased to see him honored. So let me ask you, how are you serving Christ? How are you serving Christ? Galatians 5 says that true believers through love serve one another. And so maybe the question is, do you serve others? Maybe your parents, your siblings, your friends, your neighbors, or how about this? What better way to serve Christ than to serve the bride of Christ, the church? If you're a true believer in Christ, you come to church each, each Sunday to worship him, but are you serving him? Maybe you can serve by passing out treats. Maybe you can join the greeting team. Maybe you can join Set Up and Tear Down, or you can pass out sermon outlines, or you can work at the coffee table, or you can get a bunch of your friends and pass out Oreos to everybody. Become the Oreo team. It'll be amazing. What are you doing to serve the bride of Christ? What are you doing to serve others in general? By doing so, you are serving Christ and showing your love for him. This is what Jesus came to do, to serve by laying down his life for us. And so as true believers in Christ, like Martha, we are to serve Christ. We are to love him and honor him in this way. Well, also in our passage, we see not only Martha's 
uh, loving service, but Mary's loving sacrifice. Mary's loving sacrifice. Look at verse 3 of chapter 12. It says, Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume um, of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Mary, out of her complete love and devotion to Jesus, takes her very expensive perfume, a perfume that would have amounted and was valued and equal to an entire year's salary. Imagine during this time working for an entire year, saving up all of the money and spending it on this perfume. That's how much this was worth. And Mary, in her complete sacrificial love, breaks it open and pours it, according to the other gospels as well, possibly first starting at Jesus's head, then on his body, and then finally his feet. She then let down her hair and washed his feet with her hair. This is a scene filled with loving sacrifice from Mary. First, she sacrificed possibly her most valuable possession, this perfume. She doesn't care how costly it was, only the best for Jesus. Then she let down her hair, and you might be asking, what's so sacrificial about that? Well, this is actually a big deal during this time because for a woman to let down her hair in this culture was actually shameful. It was a shame for a woman to let down her hair in public, but she didn't care what shame might be brought on her. She was only concerned about showing her love to Jesus, not about her reputation, what might happen to her, and none of that mattered. She only wanted to show her love to Jesus. And then finally, she washes Jesus's feet with this perfume. And in this culture, washing someone's feet was degrading. This was a job that only slaves would do. And Mary was not a slave, but in fact, she was a slave. And she was showing that here. She's a slave of Jesus Christ. She is a lover of Christ. And so she would sacrifice everything for him. Do you love God this way? Would you give up anything for Christ? Would you do anything for him? Or are these things of this world, are there, are there things of this world that you just love too much that it would just be too costly for you to give them up? Your video games, your social media, your phones, your possessions, your friends, your family. Are you willing to give it all up for Christ? True believers, true lovers of Jesus would sacrifice their entire lives for Christ because Christ sacrificed his life for us. Are you a lover of Jesus? Have you placed your faith, your trust in Christ? Do you serve him? Are you willing to sacrifice everything for him? These are marks of the true believer in Christ. And this is what we've seen in our passage today. But sadly, what we see even more in our passage are not lovers of Jesus, but number two, number two, haters of Jesus. Haters of Jesus. These haters of Jesus undeniably, or unbelievably rather, even after witnessing Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, still did not believe in Jesus. 
In fact, they even grew in their hatred towards Jesus. One author says about these unbelievers, quote, This response of unbelief in the face of the clearest proof is confirmation of Christ's teaching in Luke 16.31, which says, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The chief cause of unbelief is not inadequate information, but a heart in rebellion against the authority of God and his word. End quote. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter what Jesus said, what he did. These people hated Jesus. Their hearts were hard and their eyes were blind. So it says in verse 47 of chapter 11, Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees convened a council and were saying, What are we doing? For this man is performing many signs. Basically, what are we going to do about this guy? He's challenging our authority. He's challenging our power. We need to do something about him. The Pharisees and the Sadducees did not get along or agree on anything except one thing. They both hated Jesus and they were extremely threatened by him. They feared that he would jeopardize their power and their authority. So what do they decide? In verse 53 of chapter 11. So from that day on, they planned together to kill him. To kill him. In their extreme hatred for Jesus, they have made it their goal to kill him. And this is why Jesus would end his public ministry and lay low until it was the right time. Not only do we see that haters of Jesus are the murderers of Jesus, but haters of God are also those who respond with indifference, meaning they just don't care. They don't respond at all. They, they don't express their outright hatred towards God, but also they don't put their trust in him. They don't commit their lives to him. They do nothing at all. And we see these kinds of people at the end of chapter 11. They maybe showed interest in where Jesus was, but there was no commitment to him at all. Even after witnessing him raising Lazarus from the dead, this is also not acceptable. The resurrection of Lazarus was a miracle that demanded people to make a decision. Accept or reject Christ. You must choose one. And the same is true for you today. You have read of what Jesus has done. You have heard over and over and over again of what Jesus has done on the cross, laying down his life for lost sinners, taking on the full wrath of God, raising from the dead in order to bring believers new life in himself and to defeat death forever. You've heard the gospel over and over again. You must make a decision and you must respond. And maybe the response for you, you can choose either to accept Jesus Christ, to commit your life to him, to put your trust in him, to repent from your sins, to finally give your full all your entire life to Jesus Christ. And if you do so, you will receive eternal life, eternal life with him forever. Or you can choose to put your fist towards God, to reject him, or to even do nothing at all. And to do nothing at all is the same thing as being an outright hater, rejecter of God. Haters of God 
will receive eternal death apart from Christ. You must respond to the gospel. You must respond to what you've just learned about in this passage. And the response is either accept Christ, give your life to him, turn away from your sins, or reject Christ. What is your response today? These have been the resurrection reactions. How will you respond to the resurrection and the life? That's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you, okay? Number one, what are some new ways that you can start serving Christ? Start thinking about those ways. How can I uh, start serving others? What can I do at church? What, what are you going to do starting now to start serving Christ? Number two, do you think you would be willing to give up everything in this world for Jesus? Everything. Why or why not? And then number three, why did the religious leaders want to kill Jesus? Why did they want to kill Jesus? Submit your answers to those questions and you'll be done with day 20 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 21.